0: My name is Ron, compulsive Reader. Hi Ron. I have 17 years of abstinence. Um, July 31st is my abstinence date. If I make it, I'll be 18. Um, I'm hoping to make it. Uh, I've maintained a, um, my top weight was around 300 pounds. Uh, You know, at some point I was just thinking here, God, if I had all my pictures on this little laptop I could do a background of when I was 300 and some other pictures when I was really big. So I can't tell you, so I could be lying, but I'm, I don't think I am. Um, I can't show you the pictures of me when I was fat, because um, I am not today. Um, sometimes I have a, a heavy person's um, thinking when I look in the mirror, but not every day anymore. 17 years, has have done a lot of absence and I've done a lot of work. I've maintained like 207, I've maintained uh, 200, I've maintained 190, Um, different variations because I was, at one point I lost all my weight with the help of my sponsor and a trainer and I gained it, and I gained back in muscle, so I was working out a lot and I was maintaining a heavier weight to try to be more muscular, (laughs) and it worked, it was all vain, but it worked. Um, But, you know, it was too much. And um, at one point, I maintained probably about a 200 pound or 205 for a long time. And I felt like I was having extra bites and eating too much. So I, I started going back to the basics. And the basics for me is uh, a Kashi cereal, which I weigh out every day. And it's a sugar free or slightly sugar uh, kashi cereal, and then two chicken meals from a popular chicken restaurant. That's my basic food plan. Nothing, no snacks in between. And uh, when I'm doing that, I'm maintaining a 192 uh, weight. And that's what I am right now because I don't need, you know, I have enough muscles. I have enough of everything. Basically, I've, you know, this program has given me um, self-assuredness and self-confidence and, and made me feel like I have what I need. So I don't need to, do anything to boost my ego or impress anybody or anything like that. Um, Basically, my story starts, uh, you know, as a drug addict. I was a speed freak and um, I did a lot of crystal meth from the time I was 14 till I was 25 and I stopped doing that and uh, I basically put down the spoon and picked up the fork, if you ever heard that expression. And uh, I gained probably 60 pounds in about six months and at, at some point I finally got up to 100 and at that time I had stopped using for a long time, but it, food was, became my drug of choice. And at that time I didn't know food was a drug. I had compulsively over all my life, but I was able to maintain, you know, weight loss because of the other stuff that I was doing. And, uh, you know, when I stopped using, I just blew up and, uh, you know, the, what I, God, I totally lost my train of thought. What I was doing was, um, you know, I I worked at a construction company at the time, and we were working on people's houses, and as I was gaining weight, we would be taping windows off to do the stucco work on it, and I was looking in the window going, God, i got to lose weight. i got to lose weight. I was very unhappy with the weight loss I was, or the weight gain I was having, um, but I was clean, so it, it helped me a lot, and uh, so eventually, you know, I started playing racquetball, and I basically played racquetball for every waking moment of my life, and. And in between that time, I ate two large pizzas for dinner and, you know, huge lunches and took naps afterwards. And I basically never really lost a lot of weight. I I got some, you know, resemblance of weight loss, but not a lot. Um, Before I did that, I forgot to say that I did karate for every waking moment that I, you know, had. So I was an exercise bulimic, which I didn't know what that was at the time. And I never really got the weight loss that I wanted. So I went about 2 years with the uh, karate and then about two or two or 3 years with the with the um uh, racquetball and then I was playing basketball and I rolled both ankles when I was about 300 pounds, so that that had to go away and so did the racquetball. And then I had a stationary bike for about 6 years in my house and I basically rode that stationary bike for about 6 years. And I didn't lose weight until I actually went on a diet one time. Um, my grandpa came to our house and he was old all my life, you know, and we were sitting there having breakfast and this old guy was in great shape. He never drank, he never ate too much. He, he always was in great shape. And we were having breakfast and everybody's going, Oh, just give the leftovers to Ron. And we're all laughing and I'm laughing. And you know, I'm about 300 pounds at that time. And I'm eating all their leftovers and everybody's laughing. And that night, for whatever reason, it snapped into my head because I'd already wanted to lose weight and I was already kind of miserable. And I decided to go on a diet, so I started eating, you know, three three small meals a day, and continued to ride that stationary bike, and I lost a hundred pounds in a period of time. And uh, oh my God, so happy! You know, life is good now. Everything's perfect. Nothing will go wrong. And somehow, you know, my emotional state was just as bad as it was when I weighed, a, you know, three hundred pounds and I weighed two hundred pounds. And I kept doing that. And at one point, I I ended up getting into the Narcotics Anonymous program and started handling my drugs because I started that again. And then uh, about seven years into that program, i had already gained back most of the weight that I'd lost. And about seven years into that program, I was miserable. I was telling my sponsor I couldn't stop eating. I was going home and eating every night. And I would eat from the time I ate dinner all the way till I went to bed. And uh, he said, well, just do the steps on it. And I tried to do the steps on it in Narcotics Anonymous and it wasn't relating, you know. Um, he didn't know what a he did he was not a compulsory reader, so he could not relate to a compulsory reader because he didn't know,
1: and that's not his
0: fault. And then someone in the in that program mentioned Overeaters Anonymous, and I go, Oh, wow, that sounds good. So I found a couple of your meetings and I went to a few of them over a period of a year, probably six or eight meetings, and I grabbed all your great information, including a Uh, a uh, directory. And I went home and tried it and it failed, failed, you know, miserably. Um, I couldn't do it on my own. So I, uh, at one point I was, you know, sharing in my other meetings about tonight, I'm not going to overeat. So I would go home and not overeat, or I would go home and sit there and, you know, say, honey, uh, can you make me a I was married at the time, and I said, honey, can you make me a microwave popcorn with no butter? And then she would start popping it, and I'd hear the popping, and I'd go, you know what? Add butter to that one, and, and then I'd go, you know, make two and add butter to both. And then, you know, I would eat that after dinner, and then I would eat the rest of everything that I could possibly eat till about 11 o'clock, because 11 o'clock is when I went to bed. But at 11 o'clock, I always had my, my hand on the pantry door deciding what I was going to have for the last bite before I went to bed. And I was already full. And when I would get into bed, I'd have my little remote control, and I'd be go, "What the hell are you doing, man? I can't. This is ridiculous." And uh, it was miserable. I was absolutely miserable. So at some point, I guess I got so miserable that I surrendered because I found that uh, communique that I got from the meetings the first year, and I opened the communique and I started going down the sponsor list for men, and I called the first guy, and he said no, and. I called the second guy didn't answer I called the third guy he said well, he'd love to or you take my calls but he didn't have enough room right now i called another guy and he said yeah show up for the meeting tomorrow night and i go and we'll go out to dinner and i'm like <sighs> you know i'm like disgusted well go out to dinner i don't want to go out to dinner i want to lose weight not gain weight he goes well just meet us at dinner and then we'll you know we'll talk about what's going on and see what's up And and i actually went to uh Jack was the original who's passed away since then but Jack was or uh my sponsor's sponsor and a guy named Scott that I met and he he uh we had dinner I said what should I get he said something on the menu and I'm like okay so I ordered something on the menu and and he said and we were all good you know I didn't because you don't want to do that in front of people that are trying to lose weight and uh basically we went to the meeting that night we talked and we went to the meeting and on the way home he asked me all this stuff and basically he asked me to tell my story to him and i did and, he, and it's basically the same thing that i'm telling you and he said okay what i'd like you to do tonight is go home and uh, make a, a list with four categories the first category is dangerous foods the second category is dangerous places third category is iffy foods and the fourth category is iffy places and he basically, he wanted me to describe, a, do an inventory of what I compulsively overeat on and where I compulsively overeat and basically compulsory overeating. I think in the step working guide, there's questions about, you know, do an inventory on your food, your food uh, issues and stuff like that. So it kind of relates, but at that time I did it. And he said, call me at a certain time in the morning and tell me what's your food, you know, what that list is. So I called him the next morning and. At the time that he told me to call him and I gave him my list and he goes, well, it sounds like, you know, sugar and flour are problem foods for you. And he goes, sugar and flour are kind of like drugs to us, compulsive readers. eaters. You know, when we eat those, we never feel full or we never get enough. And I know that that was my experience. When I finished a, a bowl of ice cream, I wanted to go have some peanuts or some cookies. You know, if I finished cookies, I wanted to go have some ice cream or something else it didn't matter what it was. I just wanted more. It just, I wanted more. And when I ate, you know, uh, two slices of pizza, I wanted 12. And that's the way I ate. And and that's how I ended up being so big. And uh, so I gave him my food plan and he said, here's what I'd like you to do. He didn't say, what would you like to eat? He didn't say, okay, what can I do for you? How do you want to work your program? He said, Here's what I'd like you to do because I asked this guy for help because I can't do it on my own. If I could do it on my own, I certainly wouldn't be in an Overeaters Anonymous. Not that you guys aren't great people. I love you, but you know I got other things to do. But you know this is the foundation of my life. This my life is built on the concrete of Overeaters Anonymous, and my life is built on top of that. And uh, so I I asked him for help, and he said, "Well, eat uh, uh, oatmeal, chicken, chicken." Um, two meals at a popular chicken place and oatmeal. And I said, well, can I do Kashi? Because I was already doing Kashi years ago, and I've been eating that since then. So I eat Kashi, and he said, yeah, that'd be okay. But the reason for the chicken meal was because you go to a restaurant, and these people put this amount of chicken and two sides and some corn tortillas on your plate, and that's a moderate meal. So no matter what they do, you can't screw it up because it's the amount of food. Now, when you become a regular they try to give you more chicken. You know, they give you an extra, Oh, Hey, here's another piece of chicken. You go, no, And then you start telling them, Hey, please don't give me an extra piece of chicken because I don't want that extra piece of chicken. And that works because when somebody else is putting the food on my plate, everything works out. Okay. And, Even 17 years later, when I'm putting the food on my own plate, I still have a few issues. Sometimes I have extra bites, and I don't, you know, I'm not proud of that, but it's not perfect, but I don't compulsively overeat, but I have eaten a bigger pile of food that I needed, and when I do that, I tell my sponsor about it after the fact or before the fact, usually not before the fact, after the fact, and, um, you know, as long as I'm honest with my sponsor and keep my food plan within limits, I can keep my my physique really good, because I'm really happy with the way I look and feel today. And then he told me, my sponsor told me after the food plan, I, I started following the food plan, he said, call me tomorrow at the same time. And, uh, and I did. And I told him what I was eating. And he said, Okay, get a big book of, of Alcoholics Anonymous and start reading a minimum of five pages a day. And write a little paragraph about how it relates to your bar reading. And he said, call me tomorrow at the same time. So I called him the next morning. I gave him my food plan, <clears throat> which he already knew, but he wanted me to repeat it every day. <clears throat> and, uh, and then I read that reading to him. And he said, you know, that's great. And the reason for the reading is just to kind of busy work, you know, but it also uh, gets you to read the big book. You know, if you haven't read the big book, that's a great way to go through the big book. And he said, uh, start making two outreach calls a day. And I'm like, what's an outreach call? And he goes, well, Make a, make a call to two different people and ask them how their recovery is. Two different overeater, compulsive overeaters in the program. Ask them how their recovery is. Hey, how's your recovery? And a lot of times it was like this. Hello, how are you? Good. How are you? What, what was that? Oh, their so background. Okay. Um, he goes, sometimes the calls are really awkward because you go, hello, how are you? And they go, good, how are you? And you go, good. And then you're like, okay, now what do I say? But the reason we do the outreach calls is because it gets us used to picking up the phone and making calls to other compulsive overeaters. And then when we really need to call someone, we will. Because when early in my recovery, I would get the phone. I, I wish you could see me, but I'm doing this pulling up the phone thing. But I would go down and grab the phone, and I would talk myself out of the making the phone call before it was halfway up to my ear, and I would hang the phone up. And that could kill somebody, or it could you know, keep somebody from from compulsive overeating if you do actually make the call. So the reason for the outreach calls is to get used to making phone calls and get used to the phone because that is my friend. My, my communication with other compulsive readers is, is the key to my recovery. Um, I also got a higher power in, in uh, my program, which is something I always forget to talk about, but it's the most important thing. Um, they told me, uh, you know, power, get a power greater than myself. You know, my sponsor and I worked all the steps together, all 12, before he relapsed. He relapsed about two years into my recovery. And then I went and was sponsored by Jack for the, until he passed away. And, uh, and then I'm sponsored by another person up in the valley right now. And, uh, you know, I, I've been calling this a, a sponsor every single day for the last 17, almost 18 years of my recovery to tell them what my food is. I've worked steps with multiple people. Um and that's 15 okay so five minutes um thank you i've worked steps with multiple people and i've you know when when i, I worked the 12 steps twice in na which is my other program seven years abstinence i got into oa and i worked the steps the 12 steps the first time in overeaters anonymous and oh my god it was like it was like a whole op uh you know kind of uh rebirth or something because ultimately I didn't know it but I had I had never stopped using. I stopped using speed but I picked up another drug which was just as as detrimental and and deadly as food, you know, compulsive overeating. Food obviously isn't a drug because it's, you know, what we need to nourish ourselves, but compulsive overeating was my, my problem. So I never really stopped using but when I when I started doing the steps in in over years Anonymous, it was like a whole new, you know, it was kind of like I, I'd grown to a certain point, but I finally had stopped using, it. and that was the key to my success, because it was such an eye-opener. I went and did all these amends with people. I, I got a closer conscious contact with my higher power. Um, I learned how to uh, turn my will and my life over to that higher power, because it's more powerful than the food. Um, I, you know, made, uh, I, I, Found I listed all my character defects again and started, you know, actually not acting out on them, you know. And, you know, even after 17 years absence, an occasional F word will fly out of my mouth once in a while, but not so bad. Um, at about a year and a half abstinent, my sponsor and a couple of us sponsees paid this transcendental meditation person to come over to his house because he set it all up. And he gave us a mantra and we all started learning how to meditate. So before I did that in the other program, every time I got to level step, I tried to meditate, but I thought I had to completely clear my mind of everything. And your mind is never clear. So this guy taught me how to just, you know, come back to the center, even when I'm in meditation. And then about two years ago, I started listening to these YouTube meditations. So now I time it. So I do 10 minutes a day and I've been doing 10 minutes a day for, I think close to 17 years or 16 and a half years, 17 years, something like that on meditation. So that's made my life a lot. I mean, it was, there wasn't a immediate, oh my God, what's happening. I found the meaning to life, but it was kind of like an overall calming of me, you know, so that F word doesn't come flying out of my mouth very often, but every once in a while. So I haven't, I do have those character defects still, but I believe they're in remission. Because um, I'm working, you know, hard to not act out on them. And then, uh, you know, tenth step amends, um, eighth and ninth. I'm, I went to all these people and made amends to them in person, and and financial amends, and I got all that stuff done. And then um, step eleven is, you know, the me- prayer and meditation. And then twelve is carrying the message. You know, yesterday, usually when somebody calls me to speak at the last minute, it's like, eh, ah, I don't really want to do that and you know saturday and so i mean i surf a lot now i, I moved into the beach and i moved to the beach around 2010 and and i learned how to surf and now i'm obsessed with surfing because i'm actually in good enough shape to do it and uh i'm sitting here looking at the waves on my computer while <laughs> i'm sitting here and i'm and i actually to be honest as much as I want to carry the message and be, uh, you know, be a good inspiration to the newcomer, I looked at the surf part before I said yes to the speaking <laughs> engagement, and it looked like I was going to be able to surf after, which was no problem. So I'm like, okay, I'm in. So uh, it's so bad to be honest, but anyway, I'm I am really grateful for for you guys and and being able to have such a great life today. I'm. I'm so blessed. My, I often say I don't know how my life can get any better, but my higher power keeps putting uh, more things into my life to make it better, you know? And I, and I, like I said, I've been calling my sponsor every single day for almost 18 years to tell him what my food plan is. Somebody's alarm's going off outside, so sorry about that if you can hear it. Um, But you know what, I am so grateful for being absent today and I'm gonna continue to do that. And I'm always available for outreach calls or anything like that. I don't sponsor long distance, but uh, anyway, thank you very much for letting me speak.